and many world championships and many Olympic goals does Paul O'Donnell need to win to be the greatest sports person of all time in Ireland is there a number can we pick a number because he's going to do it OTB AM live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB sports app OTB AM with Gillette get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs razor with exfoliating bar let's head to Japan uh, we were once big in Japan Neve Briggs how are you Hi guys, how are you? Very good, very good. We're um, excited to see what's coming your way for the next 10 days or so. Uh, what is Japan like for a, a touring team? What's it actually like to be out there at the moment? Yeah, look, it's, it's incredible. Uh, we've been here since last Friday. Um, we arrived into a typhoon for Friday and Saturday in Tokyo. Um, got a bullet train down to Hamamatsu um, on Saturday and it's been absolutely scorching since... Uh, Upwards 36, 37 degrees. Um, so it's been tough, tough for the girls to be training in, but um, they've been brilliant. The effort's been unreal. But from a tourist point of view, it's an amazing place. Definitely something that anybody who can should try and go. Own, oh, I know you're heading off for a year there. You should definitely try and put it into your bucket list. It's a, it's an unbelievable experience. Owen, of course, was there for the the World Cup, and um, oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah, he would go around telling everybody he was a YouTuber, and that was like the best thing you could possibly be in Japan. That was the best content I remember from that World Cup. <laughs> the the uh, content obviously was uh, was kind of despite the, the what was happening in the pitch, like the uh, the, Ham- the Hamamatsu factor there is like PTSD, proper PTSD from an Irish rugby yeah. supporting standpoint. Like that's obviously where uh, the team stayed, or certainly where the media stayed right before that disaster in in Fukuroi, wasn't it? The, the the game against Japan. So um, there's there's no PTSD on your front, I suspect. No, no, there's not. We're heading there tomorrow for a captain's run um, and play there Saturday, obviously. And to be fair, somebody somebody the other day said, oh, God, this is where um, Ireland played Japan uh, in the World Cup. But um, I hadn't really copped, to be honest. But um, look, it's just been an incredible experience for this group of players. You know, we've never been on a tour before like this, never been on a summer tour. So to get the opportunity to try and... I suppose build more strength and depth with a lot of young girls on the squad that are, you know, hoping to to make an impression over the next few weeks. And um, it's just going to do us good stead, obviously, with the good news coming in relation to the high performance side of the game and, and ro- rolling straight into the Six Nations. So I think it's just a really good time for women's rugby in Ireland. Um, it's obviously been a while since we can say that, but I just genuinely believe it. How many um, do you actually have on the tour at the moment? What's the number of players you have with you? Uh, it was 29 players 29 players um, lots of them are incredibly young it's, uh, it's scary to see um, and, and uh, 18, 19 years of age good chunk of them just under leaving cert and they've come into this, this environment and they're thriving um, and it's unbelievable to see I think for us very much kind of um, as a coaching ticket we wanted to make it as developmental as possible because obviously we're in you know Japan are heading to the World Cup in September, October we're not so we need to have this opportunity to try and continue to build and grow strength and depth and kind of get over that hump of, you know, I feel like for the last few years we've, we've been saying we're building all the time. We need to start now finding players of international um, calibre that can that can play week in, week out for Ireland. And um, I think this group can for sure. Is there an extra pep in the step, Neve, from everybody involved when news of professional contracts get announced and that idea of there being light in the horizon? Can you just feel like a, a lift in the entire camp? Oh, hugely. Um, it's It was unbelievable. We were in Dublin camp for the week before we came out here and 
it just been announced about Gillian McDarby taking on the role of the high performance. I think everybody was really excited about that. And obviously the announcement of the contracts afterwards. And and even just when we're here, you know, full-time physio that's been appointed, it's really, really good. And, you know, full-time S&C now at Ed. And I think it's just starting to, the direction of the game and the programme is starting to change. And um, I think from that point of view, you know, it's tangible. You can actually see it. Um so it's great. It's brilliant. I mean, you can see the players too. They're really buying into it. They're they're loving the fact that, you know, they're going to be on par now with with everybody else, hopefully. And um and, I suppose the beauty of it is that it's a program that's brand new and can be so you know can be so good for the game within the country because it's something that you're literally starting from scratch. And I think that that's just a really exciting project to be involved in. With forty three centralised contracts, um, I, I don't know. Does that include or not include the sevens? I, I hadn't, I'm not sure if, if um, that detail has been announced yet. But that means that there's loads of people who are still maybe not in the squad who can actually look a, a little bit enviously, but be working away and thinking, you know, I want to make sure that I am next in line for that as well. Yeah, hugely. And look, this, to be fair, you know, there's going to be players in the squad that might not be able to be contracted in relation to their work situations and, and their living situations and um, and they're still continue to play for Ireland I imagine I think it's just the case that we've got to start somewhere in terms of the foundation of what we're trying to build um, and it's definitely you're right it's something that young girls now at 16, 17, 18 years of age can, can aspire to be they can aspire to be contracted rugby players um, and you know Get, get into that high performance environment. I think that's the most important thing. I think we've, you know, we've always trained and wanted to be aligned with the high performance um, side of the of the union, and we're here now, and it's about educating young players and 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 girls of what high performance looks like. It's not just about training and and recovery. It's about strength and conditioning. It's about the ability to be robust and um, and to train day in day out. That'll be something you know that's not most girls you know all of us wouldn't have been used to before in, in terms of the, the load and the management of it so you know, there's loads of little mini facets but I just think it's a really really exciting time for the game and um, I yeah I just think that you know it's starting to now put it on the map and, and take these you know these players seriously I think that's what's something they've been crying out for for a very long time the um with the, the makeup of the squad that you have when when should we expect to see uh discernible style of play and and an identity for the team again because you know it's hard in the six nations there's there's been a a tier of the professional teams and the non-professional teams so um i think people probably need to temper their expectations a little bit about what the outcomes are going to be in the immediate short term but this this is very much a long-term project with the makeup of the squad you've got at the same time you know you guys as coaches you want to implement a game plan and look for patterns of play and look for partnerships and look for good behavior so with within that context what what constitutes success for you guys over the period of the next 10 days, for example? <clears throat> That's a really interesting question because we haven't really spoken about... I I, it, I don't think it's a case of well, if we go and win two tests that it's been really successful. I, I think the more exposure that we can give to players, the high level of training, the more exposure we can give them to um, actual physical game time, um, the more exposure they get to, to, to understand what it is to, to play international rugby, then we've definitely, you know, come away with a win from this these couple of weeks. I think they've put a huge amount of work in over the summer, you know, um, Greg and John have been running a programme for anybody who wasn't working. So like teachers and the college students, they've been literally training a few days a week in, in the HBC in Dublin. So I feel like we've just, we're, we're moving forward all the time with this group, you know, it, even like 
obviously we've a lot of young girls, but also the older players that are there and have been there for the last few years. I just feel like that we've, you know, in terms of skill level, it's been a big work on for us, our ability to catch pass, the breakdown, those kind of core skills. They've got to be the foundation of what we're trying to build on and and the patterns and the style and the structures, you know, they have to come afterwards. But you've got to make sure that you're fit and robust enough to be able to continue to, to train at, at a really high level. And I think that from a short to medium term, that, that's got to be a focus. Um, whilst trying to, I suppose, empower players to get better at rugby and um, and understand the game more. But you've got to try and find a balance to it too because you obviously don't want to go out and play no rugby. You've got to make sure that you know your rugby quota is getting checked, but also you know that strength and conditioning side of it is as well. So, um, yeah, look, we haven't... I think for us as a group, we're just looking to, to continue to get better over the next 10 days. I think the level of training here has been unbelievable. You know, I think it helps when the weather is really good, although the players are probably saying it's, it's too hot and um, and the facilities are amazing that we're training at the moment. So, um, yeah, I, I just think for us as a group, it's it's seeing the actual culture, the environment to move to another gear, but also, you know, that understanding of the game and, and their core skills. I think that's probably what we'll mark down as a win. Yeah, it's kind of never-ending, isn't it? Like, it's quite daunting when you list out all the things that you need to get better at, but at the same time, it's quite exciting in that you actually have the opportunity to work on everything. Yeah, 100%. I don't find it daunting at all. I think I just think that this seems to be the start of a new era for this team and, and this squad, and there are players that, you know, aren't here with us through injury or or, or otherwise, and, and they've still got to come back into the mix as well. So I feel like, you know, for now, I think that, you know, women's rugby in Ireland... Although it's been through, you know, a turbulent few years, it's definitely, you know, on the up. And I think that the environment and the culture, this high performance um, appointment is, is going to be really good for the game. Can you explain to people who maybe are unfamiliar, what will the difference of um, Gillian McDarby being there, what will her role be? And, and what will the difference of having somebody in that role um, as uh, proficient as she is to actually run it? What difference will that make to, to women's rugby in Ireland? Yeah, look, I just think it's it's probably aligning it more to to you know just the female game. Gillian's incredibly good at her job. She's I've had the pleasure of working with her when I was a player, and um, she's always seems to be the type of person seems to be brilliant at everything. And um, and I've no doubt that she'll excel in this role. Her role basically be you know the head of high performance and 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 also the pathways. And I think that's the most important part of the, the role, in my opinion, because we need to make sure that we have foundations and pathways in place for young girls to have something tangible to come through to. And I think I've always said it wasn't a case about throwing money and contracts to players and having nothing underneath it because it would be very short-lived then. It'd be like almost, you know, that USA soccer, women's soccer leagues for years, you know, they'd have a big burst of money and they'd, they'd have two or three years of, of a league and then they'd have nothing for a few years afterwards. Players would be let go. And I think, I think that pathways is so important. But Gillian and, and Katie Fitzhenry in there are doing a really good job on that. And hopefully we'll see the fruits of that labor over the next few years. But, you know, you hit the nail on the head a little while ago. You, we've got to be patient now. This can't be a quick fix. And, you know, I feel like I'm sounding like a broken record, but it can't because we need to make sure that the foundations that are there, the pathways that are in place for, you know, under 18s, 20s, um, into that senior level, um, will be there forever and will continue to, you know, be almost like a conveyor belt for, for, for young girls and players to be able to push themselves forward for a national team. So, um, Look, I'm really for, looking forward to seeing the the impact that Gillian can have on this game. I think it's it, it's just it's genuinely really exciting, and I'm just delighted to be involved in it. 
What's that being like as a coach then, having to remind yourself that patience is required? Because I'm sure everybody who's new to the coaching game has their own ideas and, and their own things that they want to imprint on a team, especially if you're going to be working with the backs. Have you had to kind of think to yourself, listen, this is, this is a building process myself and it's going to take time before my own ideas on this team actually, before I can actually put my own stamp on this team? Yeah, look, absolutely. Part of you is very aware that you've got to be patient both with yourself and the players around you, but also it's an international team and you've got to make sure that you've got standards and and you've got to affect that that change for those standards. So while they're young and um, and I'm relatively new at, at coaching, you know, we still got to keep pushing and striving to be better all the time. And um, so we do a lot of work off the pitch in terms of the back line. We do a lot of work in terms of trying to get understanding in timing and lines and um and yeah look I think it's it's brilliant but um while I do consider percent I'm, I'm patient enough I think it's it's important that we keep driving those standards and making sure that you know the time that we have on the pitch is very limited. You can't really waste reps doing you know not knowing your role and um and being sloppy um and like so they're kind of the stuff that the girls have come up with themselves that are kind of their non negotiables in terms of their behaviours. Um so from that point of view it's kind of easy enough to be patient because you know that they're working really really hard and if it's a mistake it's just a genuine mistake and on the flip of that they've got to be patient with me because I'm also learning on the job as well so but it's been great look Greg John and, and Dennis have been brilliant um, over the last few weeks so it's, it's just look, it's just a really good journey I suppose uh, How good are this Japanese team? Yeah they're very good they're they're similar to their men's style they, they, they like to move the ball really really quick they're, they're not absolutely massive they're not huge but they're incredibly proficient at, at all those core skills their, their breakdown work is exceptional their ability to catch pass is really really good and um, and you know they've coming off the back of two tests against South Africa they played Fiji not so long ago in Australia in June so they've had a huge amount of time together over the summer um, and obviously they're heading to the World Cup so look we're under no illusion that you know it's a big task in front of us but I think that we continue to kind of focus on ourselves and, and what we can do and try and expose these young girls to, to as much kind of game time and international experience as we can. And I, I, I'm not really sure that the result is going to, you know, be the main point of it for us afterwards. It might be to the outer public or the wider, you know, scale of things, but, but not for us really. Well, look, we wish you the very best of luck with it. We're delighted to hear everything's going so well for you. Enjoy the rest of your time. Those games are live on TG Gahar, by the way, if everybody wants to watch them on Saturday as well. Neve, great to talk to you again. Thanks a million. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Best of luck on. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 